I can get extremely triggered when I think that his mood changes because my codependency pattern is to believe that I am responsible for his emotions and feelings. Hey babes, welcome to Codependency Alchemy, the podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Zander, and today we're going to get into a question that was submitted through my Instagram stories. And the reason why I chose this question is because this is a very, very real experience for most of us out there. So her question was how to manage triggers that you're experiencing in your current relationship that were brought on by a previous relationship. So basically, how do we stop punishing our current partner for the <laughs> wrongdoings of a previous partner? And a big reason why I wanted to talk about this is because it continues to be something that I've learned a lot in my relationship and I've supported so many women in this topic as well. Because when we treat our current partners based on the actions of previous partners, it can be a way that we sabotage the relationship, a healthy relationship, because we're not tending to the part of us that doesn't feel safe. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about three things that have supported me in navigating and managing my triggers and activations in my current relationship and what that might look like for you as you're managing and navigating it in your relationship. So the first thing that I want to talk about is safety because triggers and activations happen when we don't feel safe. And why that's so important to know is because if you know that a trigger or activation that you're getting is based on you not feeling safe in that moment, then you can take responsibility for that lack of safety that you're feeling rather than making your partner responsible for providing that safety. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong or bad for your partner to be the provider of that safety for you, especially because I think that co-regulation while we're feeling safe and healthy relationships can be really important. I do believe, because I am a codependency coach, <laughs> that it, I do believe that it is important for us to learn how to self-regulate as well. So we're going to talk about self-regulation first because I think it should always be our go-to starting point. Self-regulation can look like you identifying what the trigger and activation is or what happened right before you were triggered or activated. What this will do will give you insight to the thought patterns and the part of you that is coming up. So in a previous episode, I spoke about what it feels like in our body when we're triggered or activated, what happens in our body when we are dysregulated. That will be a very helpful tool. I'll link that episode in the show notes below. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it because we want to learn how our body communicates with us. When we learn the language of our body, so for me, when I get dysregulated, I get shortness of breath, I lose feeling in my fingertips, my ears get hot. So if something or all three of those or one of those is happening, that's my indicator to pause and reflect. And that's where the questions come in. What happened right before this? At what moment did I get triggered? At what moment did I get activated? Because you don't know what you don't know. So when we ask these questions and get more familiar with what our triggers are, the better we're going to be at holding space for ourselves when those topics come up. Now I'll use an example of my own. 
whenever money gets brought up in our relationship or in general, I get activated. I get triggered. I get like really uncomfortable. I don't feel safe around the conversation with money yet. I'll say yet because I'm working on it. So that lets me know if I'm going to have a conversation about money, I know that it's an activating topic for me. So I can ask myself how I can create safety in my body to have this conversation before having it. Sometimes that looks like reminding myself that I am safe. Sometimes that looks like me doing some sort of physical nervous system regulation, like moving my body back and forth while we're having the conversation or going for a walk or having these conversations while on a walk has been really helpful because it has my body moving. I'm moving energy. So when I start getting tight or tense, I can kind of like shake and move a little bit. Some other things that I do to bring safety into my body is taking a few moments to make tea for myself or cacao, or sometimes I'll draw myself a bath. These are things that I have learned work for me. Your job is to figure out what works for you. What is something that brings you some semblance of peace and safety? That will be your tool for self-regulating. If that looks like going out and gardening, watering your plants, usually anything in nature is a amazing go-to because it is always available to you. If that looks like massaging the bottom of your feet and just bringing presence to your body, rubbing your arms, and while you're doing this, reminding yourself that you are safe, that it is safe to be in this body, that it is safe to be in this home, that it is safe to be in this conversation, in this relationship, and validating the fears that might be coming up. I know that this conversation is scary. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be worried. It's okay to feel uneasy. I see you. I'm with you. And I know I've said this before. In the beginning, these self-regulating acts might not feel like enough. In fact, they likely won't feel like enough in the beginning. Sometimes you'll end up flailing, you know, even more. It's important to remember that it's a process, that you're building that trust, you're building that regulation with yourself, you're growing your window of tolerance. As they say in psychology, with the nervous system specifically, our window of tolerance is fluid, meaning it changes depending on the situation, depending on the conversation, depending on the environment. And so when we learn self-regulation, what we're doing is we are learning how to grow our window of tolerance in the moment when we are dysregulated. Now, the second thing that we can do when we're in healthy relationships is to co-regulate. So the first is self-regulating, creating safety in your body through movement or affirming that you are safe and getting really in touch and clear about what your triggers are so that you can prepare for them before they happen. Even though I know that's in a perfect world, we would always be able to prepare for it. That's not always the case, but that can be really helpful to know what your triggers are. And then the second is going to be co-regulation, where you allow your partner to be someone that you can lean on for support while you're regulating because you're struggling to regulate on your own. So for me, I use something that I got from a Brene Brown book, actually. Um, I can't quite remember which one it was. I think it was Dare to Lead, but she says how she will say to her partner, the story that I'm telling myself is X, Y, or Z. Is that true? And for me, that was so helpful when I was struggling to communicate with my partner and I was triggered or activated, mostly because of his change of behavior or his mood. And so what I would end up saying to him is, you know, the story I'm telling myself is that I did something to annoy you or bother you. Is that true? 
nine times out of ten, he was like, no, I'm just, you know, overwhelmed with work or no, I'm just hungry. And that was a really great way for me to co-regulate and allow him to help me in that because I was reality checking the situation. I can get extremely triggered when I think that his mood changes because my codependency pattern is to believe that I am responsible for his emotions and feelings. And so a way that I got to deconstruct from that was to allow him to have his emotions when I was really struggling with them to have that conversation. The story I'm telling myself is that you don't love me. The story I'm telling myself is that you're going to leave me. The story that I'm telling myself is that you hate me or you think that I'm irresponsible or whatever it is, is that true? It allows me to be vulnerable and share what's present for me so that my partner can more fully witness me. And it allows him the opportunity to share what's true for him which ultimately brings deeper intimacy and connection. And so like this woman's question was like, okay, well, what if this trigger is happening with my new partner, but it's based off of things that I experienced in my previous relationship, I see that as a beautiful opportunity to have those kinds of conversations. The story I'm telling myself is that whatever your ex would do, that you're going to do that. That's the story I'm telling myself and allow them to witness you in that. Because we can't grow and build intimacy and trust with our partners if we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable in what is true for us. And the more that I was able to allow Justin to witness me in like the really uncomfortable and embarrassing sometimes thoughts that I was having, the more that I felt safe with him, the more that I trusted him, the more that I trusted myself because I wasn't repressing all of these emotions and feelings. So the first thing that we talked about was self-regulation. The second thing that we talked about was co-regulation. And this third piece that I want to talk about is the importance of meeting our wounded selves. The parts of us that say that we can't have an unconditionally loving reciprocal relationship because this was something that was so present for me in all my relationships. I would leave when it was the healthiest, safest relationship because a part of me believed that I didn't deserve it, that I couldn't have it, that it was going to just be taken away from me anyway, so I might as well sabotage it and run it into the ground or aka run for my life and find myself in a toxic relationship again. When we find ourselves in healthy relationships with partners, it is important for us to hold compassionate space for that wounded part of ourselves that says that we can't have it that picks the fight because we don't believe that we can have that much of a good thing. I think it can be extremely helpful and supportive to let our partners know, hey, this is something that I experience. This is the pattern that I do. I run or I pick a fight because traditionally my body and my nervous system feels safer in chaos than it does to be in a safe, peaceful, loving relationship. And I'm working on it and it's a process, but I want it. And like, thank you. Like, thank your partner for being on the ride with you. Thank your partner for holding unconditionally loving space for you as you navigate it. Sometimes for me, it's even helpful when I'm triggered to even speak it out loud. Like, I'm freaking out. I'm triggered. I'm activated because this is too much goodness and I don't know what to do with this much goodness and so I'm picking a fight with you about how many asparagus are on the plate and it's not really about the asparagus at all. 
Like it can be really, really cathartic to kind of speak these things out loud because one, it makes it a little bit more lighthearted and we can kind of laugh about it. And two, like when we speak our fears out loud, they stop having this like chokehold on us. They release their tension. They soften because that's all they really wanted was to be seen and to be witnessed. So allowing that wounded part of ourselves to be seen and witnessed is really, really important when we are embarking on healthy relationships because they will want to come in and play out on the main stage and throw everything good away because they're trying to protect you from disappointment. They're trying to protect you from being hurt, not realizing that sabotaging the relationship is causing the same hurt that they're afraid will happen in the first place. So my invitation to you is how can you allow for that wounded part of you to come in and take up some space in a way that isn't going to sabotage your relationship, but is still going to allow them the opportunity to be seen and met. So when you're triggered or activated in your healthy relationship, can you ask yourself, how old is this part of me? Where does this part of me live in my body? What is the story that this part of me tells and how can I meet it? This is very synonymous with the self-regulation that I was talking about in the beginning, but I really just wanted to take a moment to speak to the wounded parts of ourselves because they're the ones that don't feel safe and they're the ones that need the regulation. And our triggers and activations are really just showing us that wounded part of ourselves. So I would love to hear from you guys what some of your favorite self-regulation practices are because I'm always looking for new ways to self-regulate and I would love to hear your suggestions. If you're listening on Spotify, there's a Q&A section. You can leave some of your favorite self-regulation practices in the Q&A and also you can join our Substack and share some of your favorite practices there as well. I know last week I shared that our goal is to get 111 paid Substack subscribers and we have reached 12 paid Substack subscribers. So thank you guys all for showing up. Thank you for supporting me so that I can continue to support you. We had our January meetup and it was just so lovely to connect with you guys on Zoom. Looking forward to more of those. If you want to get on on the next meetup, make sure that you subscribe on Substack. The links are below. And if this episode was helpful or supportive, please consider liking it, sharing it, tagging me on Instagram. Leaving a review is so, so, so helpful. It helps people who don't follow me on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube find the podcast and join in on these conversations. So if you have a moment to just say a few words about how this podcast has supported you or leaving an honest review, I would greatly appreciate it. And that's what I have for you guys today. I hope you have a beautiful day and I will talk to you next week. Bye.